Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Well, hello and welcome to episode 73 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here as always with Michaela. Michaela, you are finally back from the beach. Uh, You got some sunshine, you drank some drinks, but what else did you get up to? Did you watch anything good or drink anything good? Tell everyone at home about your beach vacation. Oh, um, I did watch a few things. I watched a lot of a lot of what I would call kind of trash reality TV. It's not trash to some people, but you know, it's kind of just good fun. Like you don't really have to think about it. It's not super esoteric. Um, yes. I also finished uh, 1883, which is oh, okay. a of Yellowstone. And if anybody uh, was interested in seeing that, I totally recommend it. Not necessarily because it's, it's tells like the prequel story of uh, what happens in Yellowstone, because that's kind of a sidebar for me. I really loved that it challenged a couple of paradigms uh, in that time mm-hmm. and place. And I love Sam Elliott. Um, I love the acting is really good. I think it's, I think it's really good. So I think uh, as a person who's, who's from Montana, of course, you know, I was mm-hmm. told stories of what it was like on the wagon trail. And um, this really challenged that paradigm in a really meaningful way. So I think everybody should go see it. It's really good. And um, let's see, what else did I see? I can't think. What did you, do you see anything cool? Well, so we've mostly just been, uh, we've been going back through uh, Better Call Saul. I uh, mentioned that a little bit last week, but we've still just been kind of doing that. And that's really all we've gotten up to uh, too much. We went and saw uh, the movie we we're going to be talking about today, Fantastic Beast. So I uh, did that. I'm hoping to go see everything everywhere all at once. That's still playing in our local theater. So I'm going to try to get out and see that this week. Uh, maybe if I have some downtime. Uh, but if you are into that 1883 thing, if you're into uh, Yellowstone, there is a new series out on Apple TV. I haven't watched anything or heard anything about it, but it looks kind of interesting in that same kind of realm. It's called Outer Range, and it stars Josh Brolin. Uh, and it's uh, kind of set in the uh, in the West rancher uh, lifestyle as well. So maybe give that a watch. I think uh, Michaela might have mm. to uh, check that one out and report back for everyone, see if it's uh, worth our time to look into but uh for now Michaela we need to track down some beasts we need to track down Dumbledore we need to track down a cocktail so we better take a quick break and we'll be right back to uh chat about the crazy concoction we have for this week so this week's cocktail comes from paste magazine uh I have to tell you I was super excited when I found this uh kind of magazine uh kind of deep dive into some Fantastic Beasts cocktails. Mm-hmm. Um, these aren't uh, your normal kind of butterbeer concoctions. So if you're a Harry Potter fan and um, you've seen the movies or read the books or anything, there's this whole butterbeer thing. If you go online, there's authentic, but there's about 357 different recipes for authentic butterbeer. This is not mm-hmm. that. What I really liked was that this had a lot of different, I mean, there's like six or seven cocktails on here that you can look at and, uh, and enjoy. And one we covered in our lobby bar, which was delicious. And so we thought we'd go ahead and uh, highlight another one that looks really amazing. Um, since we are all fans of the old fashioned, um, mm-hmm. we thought we yep. would do this one called the Obscurus Old Fashioned. Now, for anybody yeah. who doesn't know, what is an Obscurus? Do you know? Uh, it, it, is a, it is a magical spell. 
uh, that Hermione uh, could probably teach everyone because uh, she knows everything about all the spells. But but yeah, Ob- Obscurus is the uh, the spell I believe that makes you uh, look different. Is that correct? Am I correct on my on my spell making? So unfortunately, Brian, you were wrong. Apparently, I was wrong. Yeah is a type of magical parasite that forms when a wizard or witch suppresses their magical ability. That makes sense because in Fantastic Beasts, there is a person who becomes an Obscurus uh, in the very first Magical Beasts film. And mm-hmm. then Dumbledore and Newt and, I don't know, half of the magical people in New York uh, are looking for this person because they're wreaking quite a huge havoc on the world. Um, because I, I guess they get real angry and they don't, yeah. since they don't know how to deal with their magic, it ends up screwing everything up. It's kind of, kind of reminds me of like a baby vampire that's mm-hmm. just really mm-hmm. hungry mm-hmm. and doesn't know. Wouldn't, wouldn't know. Yeah. That, but... it, that you know, so they end up, they, oh, cities just go up in flames and, you know, that's... yeah. That's right. And everyone at home listening who is a big Harry Potter fan just uh, just yelled at their phone or uh, car radio or however they are listening to the podcast because, uh, you know, you and I uh, were a little a little shaky on our Obscurus, but we are not shaky yes. on this Obscurus old fashioned. So let me run through the ingredient list here for everyone. So this is calling for one and a half ounces of uh, black magic spiced rum. Uh, if you can't find a black magic, that's a that's a brand name. You could use any like dark or uh, spiced rum that you'd like. So like Kraken, Captain Morgan Black, um, even just regular spiced rum. I actually used an aged rum because I have some of that from a uh, previous cocktail we've covered here. So that's what I used. So one and a half ounces of the rum. Uh, this is calling for a half ounce of simple syrup and then two dashes of Peychaud's bitters. Um, now I have the Peychaud's bitters. Uh, Michaela, you do not have Peychaud's bitters. I uh, had trouble finding them. So you went with Angostura bitters. Put a pin in that. We're going to come back to it. But you basically put this in a glass over a big ice cube or a couple of ice cubes, garnish it with some cherries and an orange peel, sip and enjoy. If you've made an old fashioned with whiskey, uh, basically the same thing, except you are swapping out rum. Uh, what did you think about yours, Michaela? I really liked it. Um, so I, I used um, the Kraken, right? Because it mm-hmm. was the classical black magic spiced rum. And I really liked it. I'm not a huge spiced rum person. So I was a little hesitant. Um, I thought that it was very, I could definitely taste kind of this oranginess um, because I used Angostura bitters, which I guess has an orange taste to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, as I was reading the label, that's what it said would happen. So I liked it. I think that it, it's a very small drink. So <laughs> you yes. gotta, yeah, so, so if you're going to really do this, I think you probably need to double it. Um, but then it becomes kind of a real big drink. I don't know. Cause it's very boozy, but I found that the two ounces basically of drink was not enough. I really wanted more. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I thought the same. So one and a half ounces of the rum, I, I actually upped that and a half ounce of simple syrup. That is a lot of simple syrup. Um, when I'm making an old fashioned using whiskey, I'll use like a bar spoons worth of uh, simple syrup or sugar. So I would recommend doing that. Otherwise it's going to be real sweet uh, with that sweetness from the rum. Uh, you get the, obviously the sweetness from the simple syrup and then the Peychaud's bitters are a sweeter bitter. So I actually think I would have preferred this having used the Angostura. So uh, next time, you know, we get together, we're going to have to uh, swap, swap bitters and try out uh, the other way and see which one we preferred. So, you know, kind of, kind of use whatever bitters 
you'd like. But yeah, this was, this was pretty good. I think it's interesting to take, you know, little variations on classic cocktails and just swap out the main spirit. It gives you something, you know, that's kind of familiar, but, you know, also kind of unique. And it really lets you kind of explore uh, the world of something else because, you know, I drink a lot of whiskeys, but I don't drink a lot of rums. So I think this is an interesting way to get into learning a little bit more about rums. So now that we have ours made, we better take a quick break. We better whip up some more obscure old fashions. We better we better go back to wizarding school so we can learn what these spells mean because we're going to need that knowledge <laughs> when we are, are talking about this week's film, which is Fantastic Beasts and The Secrets of Dumbledore. And Wilbur, BFF Wilbur, I'm so sorry. I didn't know what an Obscurus was and had to look it up. Spoiler warning for Fantastic Beasts, The Secret of Dumbledore. If you've not yet seen this, uh, and you probably haven't because it just came out, please press mm-hmm. pause, go get yourself either an Obscurus Old Fashioned or my new favorite tequila drink, a Unicorn's Blood from the lobby bar and come back after you've watched it, because there are a lot of secrets. We're going to talk about all the things. And uh, yeah, spoiler warning. <laughs> this, yeah. this is a big one. I feel like this one is more appropriate than some others that we've done because this movie just came out. So we are literally <laughs> going to talk about the end. So That's... if you don't want to hear it, please don't get mad at us if you continue to listen and you're like, what? Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah. So so spoiler warning, this just came out last week. Yeah, normally we give a spoiler warning and, you know, things have been out for like 40 years. So uh, you've had plenty of time. But if you haven't seen this, it's probably just because you haven't had a chance yet with the uh, Easter holiday and uh, it just coming out to uh, theaters. But it's out now. It was just released uh, in 2022. As we just said, it was directed by David Yates as all of the uh, Fantastic Beast films. And I think the last four Harry Potter films uh, directed by David Yates there. And this one stars again, Eddie Redmayne as Newt's commander. Um, and it brings us Jude Law as Albus Dumbledore and Mads Mikkelsen as Grindelwald, uh, replacing Johnny Depp in that role uh, for this uh, iteration, Secrets of Dumbledore. Now, Michaela, uh, supposedly they're making five of these films. So I guess there's two more to come. So uh, if everything uh, continues to go well and box offices do okay and uh, everything is all right in Wizarding World, we can expect two or more of these. So this is kind of the the uh, third installment, we're, you know, we're crossing that halfway mark in the story, right. I guess. Yeah. Well, and that that's surprising to me. I didn't realize that there were going to be five. I thought that this was a trilogy. And I don't know why I thought that, because this is not Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or any of those. So yeah, I, right. I, I should have known that there were going to be 37 of these things. But um, yeah, it, it, it certainly did take a turn. And uh, but it did leave me wanting more. So that's good. Because, yeah, you're right. There's two more to come. So that's good. That's right. That's right. Um, Now, one of the things I will say, if you have not seen kind of the lead up uh, first and second installments of this, you might be a little uh, confused. I think you could probably make it through the story okay, but you'll probably be left scratching your head a little bit as to why. Uh, these things are so bad. Like, uh, you know, for example, why is Grindelwald this this bad character? Uh, because other than some, you know, your uh, basic uh, being cruel to magical animals at the beginning of the film, you don't really know like what his villainousness is. Other than he's he's kind of just a, a jerky dude, but you don't know how bad it was unless you really watched the film prior to this. I guess. Right. Yeah. There's. And I don't know how much we want to talk about the first two because this is the third one and we are, we're not talking about the other two, but um, what, one, a couple of things struck me as the movie began. And that is uh, the first, 
I guess the first thing was it really dove in to Albus Dumbledore and who he is Mm -hmm. and his family and um, the fact that he, they, they came out and just said that he was in a relationship with Grindelwald when they were younger. Now we knew that they were friends um, Mm -hmm. in the books. You know, if you've read the Harry Potter books, Albus Dumbledore talks about his relationship with his sister and how that changed his relationship with his brother um, and talks a bit about his friendship. What we thought, well, we didn't, we knew at least was a friendship. Let me say it Mm -hmm. that way with Grindelwald. But um, as an adult, you reread these and you're like, and you realize that it was definitely more than a friendship, that they were in fact lovers at one point um, and that they kind of had this idea of how they were going to change the world together. And because they did that and they realized that somebody might change their mind someday, they kind of did this lover's blood oath thing together, which Mm -hmm. is really a a kind of a neat concept. Uh, We saw something similar to that in Harry Potter um, where it was the unbreakable vow. and it's similar to that, but this one's really based on like, I guess there's drops of blood and there's like a weird kind of ch- chain with a with like a, what looks like a vial of blood, except there's no Tommy Lee Jones, not Tommy Lee yeah. Jones. There's no Billy Bob Thornton or Angelina Jolie. It's, it's very mm. different. It's very magical, but basically neither one of them can actually hurt the other or try to hurt the other um, at all. So yeah, they can't they can't even like they can't even like think the thoughts of like betraying the other person uh, exactly. or this or this. Yeah, this this weird like uh, like vine chain kind of thing uh, like wraps around and, you know, Dumbledore kind of shows that off later, you know, what will happen if he if he tries to do. But, but yeah, we get we get kind of introduced to that's the status between between these two. And then the story is going to go kind of on this political adventure. So you have you have Newt uh, there and his uh, cast of. Uh, rogue wizards, I guess, are tasked with basically stopping Grindelwald because Grindelwald is making this political move. He's trying to, uh, you know, kind of start this uprising and take over as the next uh, kind of master of the wizarding council or head of the wizarding council or or whatever it was. Um, and they decide to let him, you know, basically enter enter into the elections. Uh, but he's, uh, you know, he's not going to just let that play out. So. Uh, he's going to need to get himself his hands on a magical beast because this magical beast, this beast knows uh, it's very cute. Uh, it's called what is it called? I don't even remember. A chillin. A chillin. It's called a chillin. It looks like a little baby deer. It's very adorable. Uh, but apparently, the chillin can look into your soul and it knows if you are good or if you are bad. And if it's you're like good, Santa it does Claus. this. Look- it does this little bow thing. It's it's completely adorable. Uh, but what does Mads Mikkelsen, aka Grindelwald, do when he gets his hands on this thing? He kills it straight he off. Kills it. It's terrible. Oh, yeah. Yep, it's awful. Um, you know, I struggled with this from a ratings perspective because I didn't know whether or not this was really um, okay for kids. It's certainly not mm-hmm. okay for kids who love baby deer. Okay, this is probably not. It's not okay for adults to love baby deer because <laughs> baby deer true. are the best. They are, they are. But this chillin is incredibly rare. And there was a chillin that was in Bhutan. Um, and Newt Scamander, that's our, our favorite, uh, our favorite zoologist, magical animal, zoologist uh, named, uh, played by the wonderful Ed, Eddie Redmayne. Um, mm-hmm. He is uh, kind of 
I don't know, not trailing this mother chillin' who's incredibly rare and she gives birth. And, um, and that's when Newt is kind of confronted with a bunch of these other uh, kind of magical thugs and mm-hmm. they take the little baby chillin'. Um, and, and the idea that Grindelwald has is if he can convince um, the world that he's actually good and that he's righteous, then he can get a control of the election and become the the whole minister of magic uh, for the world. And he can start to move against kind of the muggle world and, you know, create mm-hmm. this uh, grand race of wizards and all of that. And a lot of that is kind of under understated. So you don't really right. know if you don't, if you didn't watch the first two films, you don't really know that that's his grand plan. You just yeah, know he's it, a bad guy. Exactly. And to kind of get this started off, they're having like the trial for Grindelwald. And yeah, they don't make mention really to anything that he did in the second film, uh, with the exception of Jacob Kowalski, who's played by Dan Fogler. You know, he's saying, you know, to the people at the trial, you know, you weren't there. You don't know what he did. Um, And as the audience, if you didn't watch that movie, you weren't there and you don't know what he did either. So I think maybe they could have explained or expounded upon that. Maybe that was originally the plan. But since they ended up having to uh, to recast Mads Mikkelsen, it was uh, tricky. It was easier to say that than to do it. Maybe maybe that was the case. But but yeah, it, it left me a little bit wanting there but yeah they have the trial and they basically say eh crimes grindelwald no big deal uh you're free to go oh and you're also free to run in this uh big wizarding election yeah 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 it went and which is they kind of set it up right because albus dumbledore does let this team of wizards that are accompanying newt's commander to try and stop him what he says is what seems to be unthinkable yesterday is going to be the reality tomorrow. So we need mm-hmm. to prepare for this totally evil thing to happen. Now, what I find interesting is there is a lot of foreshadowing in this that show, you know, hey, it was unthinkable that this Grindelwald character would ever be forgiven for his crimes because they're like crimes against all humanity. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's really, really bad. It's like Hitler-esque almost like, it's really right. bad. But not only does he get forgiven of that, but then somehow he gets to be put in in the running for this political movement. And then there's people that are basically saying, you know, hey, but he did all this stuff. And then they're like, no, that's basically fake news. Um, they don't even, they don't call it fake news. What do they call it? They call it like um, well, uh, deviated truths or something <laughs> like that. It's it's pretty yeah, interesting right. the way the way that that comes to light. It's it's um, an obs- it's an obscurest truth or something. I think yeah, is, truth. It's is what real. it is. But yeah, they're letting him run in this election, and that's kind of the that's kind of the big main story, I guess. And then you have kind of the subplot, uh, which I guess is what ties us into the secrets of Dumbledore, and that we find out that uh, Albus Dumbledore and then his uh, well, I guess his his brother has a son from. Uh, you know, kind of this relationship that he'd had. So there's like this uh, Dumbledore uh, nephew and and son who uh, is kind of a, a secret to the world. Um, as you have like this this family dynamic kind of running like as an undercurrent uh, kind of throughout the film as well. Yeah, yeah, it's, I, I feel like this is definitely, it's kind of like Dumbledore or Harry Potter with Voldemort. Like, each episode or each movie kind of comes, brings Dumbledore and 
Grindelwald closer and closer to having their big knockdown drag out, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Right. And it does culminate in that, but it's also using Newt Scamander and his friends, his kind of group of people. Um, And there there was a couple new additions that I thought were really wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, Jessica Williams, uh, I don't remember ever seeing her before. She is absolutely fabulous as one of the, she's a teacher who is at Hogwarts and I, I don't know what subject she teaches, but maybe it's literature. It's amazing. Uh, she, <laughs> I, I love her accent. I have no idea what kind of accent it is. It has mm-hmm. been driving me nuts since I watched the film, but I thought she was amazing. Obviously, Dan Fogler, I have uh, I have a soft spot for him. I think he is just so adorable and he's so funny. He's comedic gold in this. Um, mm-hmm. And they all kind of come together um, to be able to kind of thwart Grindelwald's plans. But Grindelwald has some, own, some of his own folks who have very magical powers, right? That can help him. One of which is Queenie Goldstein. She was you know, on the good side uh, up until the end of the second film. So spoiler mm-hmm. on that. Um, yep. She is now kind of his right-hand girl and she's really useful to him because she can read thoughts. But there's another person who is also able to kind of tell the future. And so they have to really work hard. Um, all of Newt and Dumbledore's kind of first army, I guess we should call it, right? <laughs> his first group of people that are trying to thwart Grindelwald. They have to mm-hmm. create situations that even they don't know the answer to and they don't know the outcome of because they need to screw with the future and have nobody be able to know, have no one person know everything. Right. So some of these, some of these scenes are amazing because each one of them is playing a part in it, but they don't know that they're playing a part and nobody is the mastermind and they play off each other so well. Some of that is really funny. Some of it is really sad because they are unsure if they can even trust each other. And so there's a couple of scenes where Newt has to give his suitcase, you know, that is full of all of his magical creatures to someone. And he doesn't know if he's ever going to see the suitcase again. And it's just, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was kind of an interesting uh, way to go with it. Like you said, uh, they basically had to have the plan was to not have a plan. um, But then they don't, they didn't ever like check in with Grindelwald to see like what he thought that the plan was going to be. So you get kind of this like culmination. Um, you mentioned it there with the, with the suitcases. So uh, I, I guess as the audience, I was left kind of wondering what, what the like overall plan was. So I guess, I guess maybe that was the point, but I think that uh, a little bit more clarity on some of that stuff would have been a little bit better, but, but yeah, kind of the, I guess, you know, throughout the story here, you're basically trying to get get the Dumbledore family to reconcile, uh, to get the nephew to, you know, to come back to uh, the end of the family. And then you're also trying to stop Grindelwald, who's uh, got his little uh, magical uh, critter there that is going to basically, you know, trick the world into believing that, that he's good. Um, and, you know, they... Are are kind of able to do that through some through some deception and and things and, and they have some pretty good adventures along the way I will say uh, you know Newt's brother uh, who's probably my favorite um, character in the story his name is or in in this particular uh, 
film anyway, uh, thesis, who's played by Callum Turner. Uh, he's, he's pretty great. He, he's on like the, the wizarding council, but he's, he's along, he's one of the, uh, kind of the members trying to help track down, uh, Grindelwald. Um, he gets captured and imprisoned, uh, which leads to kind of the, uh, highest stakes for, for Newt and his brother, yes. uh, there you can say, but, but I really liked him. I liked, um, kind of the way that he interacted with Newt, because I think that, um, sometimes as, as great as Eddie Redmayne is, and I like the way that he portrays the character as this, you know, kind of, you know, super shy, super timid, uh, kind of character that, um, his brother thesis, uh, played by Callum Turner does a really good job of kind of playing off of that and getting him to like break out of his shell a little bit, which I think is kind of an interesting dynamic because he doesn't seem to really do that with any of the other characters. Um, so I kind of liked, I liked that uh, dynamic quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, for sure. I think one of the things that makes this really great is the family dynamic um, for kind of both sides. So you have, Eddie Renamane and his brother's character. And you see more of the family piece in the earlier films because his brother Theseus is kind of the, the, the one that made it, I guess. I, Eddie Renamane's character is Newt Scamander. He's kind of the, you get the feeling he's the black sheep of the family and they mm-hmm. both kind of like the same girl. That never goes well for brothers, right? That's always tough. Um, right. But also the family dynamic of, of Albus Dumbledore and his brother and then his late sister and then of course his nephew um, and that whole family dynamic that you didn't really understand and you know, it just, this movie really helps solidify kind of the idea of what happened that kind of broke the relationship between Albus and his brother, because they are semi estranged. Like they, they see each other, but they, you know, there's a lot there that, um, Aberforth, uh, is still angry with Albus for, and you realize that it's because Mm -hmm. they have this big argument with the sister and the sister also, um, was an obscurist, like she had this, she had these powers and it, it wasn't going well, the same as Credence. And, um, they were in the middle of this argument over the fact that Albus is, was going to run away with his lover, Geller Grindelwald and his brother didn't want him to. And so it's this whole big thing. Um, and I thought that was kind of an interesting take as well as the relationship between Queenie and her sister. Now, we don't hear much about that in this film at all. In fact, um, I think we only see Tina uh, twice. We see her at the very end and we see her kind of watching things unfold on like a magical TV um, when she's mm-hmm. in the R's office in New York. And so, you know, the whole relationship between Newt Scamander and, um, and her is kind of left open. And right. so we'll... I wanted a little bit more of that because it was obvious that Newt's assistant was like totally in love with him. So at some point a a choice is going to have to be made. Right. Yeah. uh, That was, that was with a lot of the, the film for me, it just felt like we were kind of, kind of starting to make a little bit of progress on this stuff, but they, I don't know, like it felt like they weren't uncovering some parts of the story just for the sake of getting five, movies out of this maybe to some extent a little bit right yeah um so one of the one of the things that that i i really liked and you didn't get it until the very very tail end was you had newt kind of finally you know stepping up a little bit i think um 
he says something to the effect of just let me know whenever you need me or whenever you're ready uh, to Dumbledore and he'll be there to help him. So he finally, you know, is kind of, you know, stepping out from his own uh, shadow and being scared of everything, you know, kind of coming to terms with that. And now we're going to have to wait until, you know, this next movie to kind of see that I would have liked that maybe to have happened earlier in the film. So we got a little better chance to see him really do something kind of, kind of more heroic or a little bit more stand up for himself kind of at the, at the very end of the film. So that was, that was, I don't, I don't know something. And then, like you said, the stuff with the, with Queenie and her sister. Yeah. It just, it just felt like it was setting up kind of these story beats for the next movie instead of, you know, kind of filling out the story uh, in particular. Um, But let's talk, let's talk about a a couple of the scenes here. There were a couple of, uh, of really good ones, um, kind of big action pieces, things that looked really great. Um, One of the ones that I really liked was you had uh, Albus Dumbledore the first time he's kind of confronting uh, his uh, nephew, who is uh, Credence Barebone, played by Ezra Miller. Uh, they're having like this fight kind of out in the street, and basically all of the buildings are dissolving and uh, turning into as this fight goes, and then they basically go into, I don't know, some sort of like nether realm or something through this puddle. But I thought that that looked really cool. Um, yeah. And that was. That was a, a really good kind of display of Jude Law's uh, acting chops, I guess, as Dumbledore. Um, I liked that quite a bit. I thought that that was uh, pretty interesting. And then there was a, a particular scene in a cave that you're not very fond of, <laughs> if I recall, yes. from our uh, from our viewing. Yes. So, um, you know, it's usually the second or third film that they have some crazy scene in, in Harry Potter. I think it was the second film where... You know, Ronald Weasley gets the scare of his life when there's like a billion spiders and one giant spider. And this isn't spiders, though. This is this is worse than spiders. This is like really cute, giant. <laughs> they look they uh, look like little like red ferrets at first. It, no, right? At kind first, of thing. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's cute. And then the light shines and you realize these are enormous cave scorpions. Okay. They're, 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 they've got, they've got like three tails though with stingers and they've got chompers that look like, you know, um, like crab claws. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Freaking the thing of nightmares. I'm telling you the thing of nightmares. And of course it is one of the funniest scenes because Newt Scamander doesn't really know what to do. He's trying to find his brother. A play, apparently this place is like a prison um, and he's in this really dark cave with like thousands of these things. And he's got a little light made out of a, a lightning bug or something in like a, in a in a glass can and so he's walking around <laughs> those are called sees, lanterns lanterns yeah, but it wasn't a lantern it was it was literally like a bug that they that the dude shook up and put in the can of light anyway they could have just used a flashlight i don't know i don't know it's 1936 what do i know but they there he's walking through he sees all of these and then he decides the thing that's going to save his life is if he walks just like him and so there's this great moment between uh Newt and his brother Theseus as they're like trying to get out of there alive and they're like doing this weird like it's it looks like almost like a walk like an Egyptian thing only their hands are pointed out and so they're kind of walk waddling I'm trying to do it and this is not I mean you're she not is, yes, any, yes, yes, I am she trying is, to do true. it and yeah. it's really funny um but it's also terrifying because all of these little baby things grow up to be like I don't know the size of a of a of a of a house maybe 
ah. and like the, Big, as soon as the lights go big, out yeah. these little lightning bugs go out the the stinger from the big mama thing comes and like kills it and it's and then all the babies eat it it's eat on the flesh of the dead thing it's really gross and um (laughs) yeah didn't like it didn't like that part at all I literally was screeching in the theater poor Brian was like I don't know this person it was not it was not my favorite (laughs) but what one of the things that was my favorite though when we're talking Mm. while we're on the subject of really visually stunning um pieces it wouldn't surprise me if this got some sort of nod for its special effects Mm -hmm. because there's one scene where they're in like a tea service um and they have to thwart um grindelwald somehow and there's these the other two candidates are having a tea and so everything is really very hogwarts-ish where you've got tea cups and um yeah, it's very fancy kind yeah. of flying around and they're all floating mm-hmm. and tea is like magically you know filling up these cups and stuff but that's not the cool part the really cool part is when uh dan fogler who's jacob kowalski and yeah, lally jessica hicks, williams, played by yeah, williams lally they, hicks, yeah. yeah they figure out they have this they create a staircase out of pages of a book and they're running up these stairs that, and, and it, it looks so amazing. I love that. And the, the, it turns out that the book itself is a port key. And so that's how it turns on or opens up as it becomes the staircase. It's mm-hmm. so cool. I remember seeing that and kind of getting my breath caught because I thought it was really cool and wondering how they did that. Yeah, it looked pretty awesome. And she, and she does that a couple of times with the book, um, which always looked pretty great. And yeah, the visual effects here um, are really good and one of the things that i like about it is you can you can watch it and i clearly you know that the stuff isn't isn't real but that's okay because it's it's supposed to be magical like it's not supposed to look you know a thousand percent lifelike um so that's okay so you can suspend your belief on some of that and the stuff with the animals and stuff and that's totally fine because um it's in this magical realm so yeah i think that uh it could do potentially pretty good um you know come uh come next year for uh, you know, the visual effects there. And then uh, one other kind of scene kind of thing I wanted to to talk about just briefly, when you get kind of to the final end bits and they're pulling off kind of their, I don't know, con or plan kind of thing, whatever they're, whatever they're doing there uh, with their suitcases at the end, they're, they're going to this town, which is up like on top of a mountain uh, to do uh, the election, I guess that's where they they hold the election for the wizards. Uh, there, they're making their final kind of spiels to everyone. But as um, as Newt and Co are coming in, uh, you have all of the bad guys that are just standing on the roofs, and I thought that that just looked really cool um, yeah. with them kind of standing on top of the roofs as they're going through through the city. And they're not like the bad guys aren't really moving around; they're just kind of standing there looking menacing. And I just I just thought visually that that looked uh, pretty cool, so I wanted to uh, bring that one up there. Two, before we go on, uh, kind of to the last thing I want to talk about, Michaela. So we had we had Albus Dumbledore coming in. Uh, Jude Law, what did you think of Jude Law playing playing Albus here? So when this first when the series first came out, and you see Jude Law in the first couple of films, he's he's good. Um, I thought he really kind of outdid himself in this one. I was impressed. Jude Law to me is the the guy from Alfie. He's the guy from The Holiday, which is not a bad thing. But I didn't think that he was, you know, going to be. I thought that this was a much richer kind of 
seated, layered character than Mm -hmm. I've seen him play um, that I remember him in um, before. So I thought he did a really good job. Um, Definitely my favorite though was Mads Mikkelsen. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know, I might be, I might catch a, a lot of hell for that with our fan base. I don't know, but I was, I had mixed feelings about Johnny Depp's uh, Grindelwald in the second one when he's supposed to be super evil and you see like the depravity with which he acts. I mm-hmm. don't really, I didn't really buy it. And maybe it's because I, I just don't understand the, the genius that is considered to be uh, Johnny Depp. But with Mads <laughs> okay, Mikkelsen, sure. I, I, I love him anyway, but I thought he played this so well. It was, he was haunting and chilly and you could tell that, you know, you really bought that the chemistry between Dumbledore and Jude Law and Mads was palpable mm-hmm. in the scenes where they're together. And that was really special to me. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, just to, to quickly... Uh, touch on Jude Law. I thought that he did really good, um, especially in this film. We got to see more of him as Dumbledore. You could tell that he was really putting a lot of effort into trying to kind of match the kind of kind of tone and the like the the pacing of the way that he talked to Michael Gambon, who plays uh, Dumbledore, um, you know, in at least seven of the eight uh, Harry Potter films. So you could definitely um, you could definitely see him trying to, you know, kind of bridge that gap as best as he could. And I thought that he did uh, really good. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, he's excellent. He's a terrific bad guy. And uh, yeah, I mean, you, you hate him instantly because uh, he does some bad stuff right off the, uh, right off the uh, get go for this film. Um, and I will say Mads Mikkelsen now he's, he's done Harry Potter, he's done Marvel and he's done Star Wars. So uh, I guess all three of the uh, biggest franchises Mads has ticked all of those boxes. So uh, good for you, Mr. Mickelson. So hopefully we get to see a little bit more of him next time and anything else he does because he is fantastic. So yeah, he's, he's done all of them. He did. He also, he's done all the big ones. So he was in Indiana Jones. He was in, um, or he's going to be in Indiana He'll Jones. He'll be in Indiana Jones. Yeah. Yeah. And he was also in um, Casino Royale. So, Bond, yeah. so yeah. all of these big ones. Honestly, everything he does, I go see because I find him, he's just got this really interesting way about him where he's, when he wants to be attractive, he can be really attractive. Like he gets like sexiest man in Denmark, like every year, (laughs) believe it or not. And you buy it. Like I get it. I believe it. He's also just a brilliant actor when he's, oh, he's just, he's just really good. So I really, I really loved that. But I think that Jude Law surprised me. And he, you know, he's rightfully now taking kind of the helm of this, this, this franchise, because we saw more of him than we ever have. Mm -hmm. And it was really well done. That part was great. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see as we go forward, what sort of the balance is going to be in, um, you know, kind of Newt's character versus uh, Dumbledore, um, if it's going to you know, kind of keep creeping up on the splitting time or if it's going to remain Newt's story. And and I hope so, because I really like Newt as a character and um, Eddie Redmayne is uh, pretty excellent. And like I said, hopefully, you know, he gets gets a chance to kind of step out of his shell a little bit as the as the character and, uh, you know, really uh, kind of take it to Grindelwald and all of these baddies. So uh, I guess in, in closing thoughts, Michaela, what, what were your kind of 
overall thoughts of this and uh, how you place it in the story of Fantastic Beasts so far. So I really liked it. I think it's probably my favorite. If it's probably my favorite of the three. Um, mm-hmm. I really like the heisty parts of it, right? Where they're trying to, they've got a mission and they're trying to pull off a mission. I love that. Um, so that part, those bits, I always, I'm always going to go for. And again, I really like that they created more around the relationship between Grindelwald and Dumbledore in a way that they hadn't before mm-hmm. and that they made it believable. I think it's important because when it came out, that Dumbledore was gay, <laughs> mm-hmm. a whole group of people fully flipped out. They freaked out. They were like, that's not true. You're just doing that to, you know, be politically correct and come up with the times and all of that. And we can go on and on about the things that were said. But one of the things that I really loved is that they were able to really bring some depth to that story and make it believable because. Mm-hmm. In all of the Harry Potter books, it's not unbelievable to think that he was gay from the very beginning, right? You know what I mean? Because that's who he, in fact, is. Right. And I love that they fleshed that out a bit in a way that was very relatable and real. Um, And Mm. in a way that maybe they couldn't have done 10, 15 years ago at the beginning of the Harry Potter franchise. But they definitely have rectified that now. And I'm really glad about that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, kind of to to go back to what you said at the at the very start of this so this is rated pg-13 um and like you said it kind of gets started right off with some with with some really uh potentially traumatic stuff so you know tread lightly there one of the things about the harry potter books is that or the harry potter films well, and the books um is that you know harry potter and ron and hermione are are little kids when they start so that first book is for little kids and you can kind of age with them um, I know like my, uh, my niece and, uh, nephews are, are doing that, you know, and they'll kind of tackle like one book a year as they grow up and are old enough to start h- kind of handling yeah. the themes. You don't really get that as much with, uh, this story. So oh, no. I, you have to, you have to really, uh, uh, do a little bit more homework. I think if you've got little ones and, and you want to take, so you want to make sure that you're, uh, you're, uh, you know, doing your, uh, due diligence, I guess. So this is definitely yeah. a little bit more of an uh, adult tale, I think. So oh, yeah. uh, keep this, that in mind. This dives these- all of these dive right into very much like genocide, <laughs> like a two-year-old dies in the second one, a baby dies. Like it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. It, it, it is a lot. It is a lot. It's a um, lot. And it's also long. It's 142 minutes, this one. Now, I don't know how long the other two were, um, Yeah. but I definitely, you could you just know your kids, know your kids, um, be willing to, to have a lot of conversations that maybe uh, come out of this because- whether, you know, even though it's the content itself can be kind of traumatic, but also the themes around the content is also quite adult. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so definitely I just wanted just wanted to bring that up, uh, you know, kind of what you said at the start there uh, versus, yeah. you know, kind of the Harry <laughs> Potter world. But um, for me overall, I think that this was was pretty good. I I was thinking of a really good way to describe it, you know, a way that was poetic. And I came up with this analogy um, and that I think that Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, it's kind of like Swiss cheese. Swiss cheese is delicious, but there are some holes in it. So you're just going to have to kind of kind of overlook that. It's it's yeah. a fun movie. It's it's a good time. And I think that it it fits kind of in the, the story of what they're trying to tell. I don't know if I like it as good as the first one. Um, the second one, pretty much universally people, uh, 
don't love as much um, as kind of the kind of the first one. So I think that it's getting um, back on the right track. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see, you know, if they end up finishing, you know, out all five of these things, uh, how it ends up going. So uh, yeah. We'll have to have to wait and see. But uh, for those of you listening at home, let us know if you have been out to see Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Let us know that. Let us know if you've watched the other Fantastic Beasts uh, films. Let us know what house you're in. We want to know all that stuff. If you have an Obscura Old Fashioned, uh, definitely take a picture of it and uh, send that our way because we want to see it because it's delicious and you should give it a try. Um, and, you know, after you have cast some spells, you have found some beasts, you have drank your magic potions, what would be really great for drink the movies would be if you went onto your podcast player of choice uh mostly itunes and spotify and left us a review that would be really helpful because it helps get drink the movies uh out there into the world it does weird crazy uh you know podcast things it moves us up charts which i don't know about but i think that it does so uh please go do that if you have a chance we would really appreciate it and you know if you're not uh going to be doing that you could at least subscribe michaela where should they do that you can do that on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, any podcast distributor where Anchor Podcasts are supported. We would love it if you left us a five-star review, if you would subscribe because we have two drops a week and they're lots of fun. We love talking about cocktails. We love talking about movies. We love talking to you all about cocktails and movies. So um, yeah, leave us a five-star review because that really helps us build up the community um, we're, we're doing, a lot of people are liking us, which is amazing. I never thought that we'd have this many listeners. So we're That's so right, grateful. Yeah. Um, we're really grateful, uh, to all of our cocktail lovers out there and movie fans. Um, tell your friends, tell your friends about us. Cause we love to spread the cocktail movie love with you all. That's right. That's right. And if you want to connect with us, you can do that on Instagram and Twitter. It's at drink the movies and on facebook.com slash drink the movies. Uh, you can find our website with pictures of our cocktails and episode recaps, all that good stuff, www.drinkthemovies.com. So go check those out. But for now, Michaela, we need to we need to rest up. That was that was quite the battle with Grindelwald. We need to we need to rest up. We need to figure out our plan and uh, go forward. I guess. Yeah. Well, I've got a bottle of Saint Germain. I've got some tequila um, and some dark spice rum so you can take your pick whether we're going to do another obscurus old-fashioned or another unicorn blood one of each maybe you let me know i'll I'm, i'll make it that's right we'll make those up and we will talk to everyone next time on drink, drink the, the movies. movies three points for hufflepuff always with the hufflepuff <laughs>